0: Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast, where we discuss all things GRC.
1: They had Oztrack speaking there. They had Kathy Amor talking about general asset business, so it wasn't just all about technology. Yeah. Um, they did get to that, so it's a very interesting forum to sort of tap in and get some some news, especially at the moment.
0: Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast. My name is Kwame Slusher. I'm the editor of the GRC Professional magazine, and once again, we have our managing director, Naomi Burley. Hi, Naomi.
1: Hi, Kwame, how are you
0: going? So today we we have three separate topics we're going to address. Um, We're going to, I guess, look at some key issues that came out of a recent discussion group, the remote compliance discussion group. Um, We're going to look a bit at maybe some key issues out of the RegTech Liaison meeting, which I think was last week. And then I think we're going to talk a bit about the AML um, Congress, which is coming up at the end of June.
1: <laughs> it is. It is. It's coming up on the 30th of June. So all you people who need CPD points, there you go. You get eight CPD points straight up.
0: <laughs> so I asked, let's start with the remote compliance group and, and I guess what has changed, what hasn't changed in terms of how members are tackling this, this period of disruption? What were some of the key issues that members had highlighted?
1: Well, I think as we had this group's meeting, meeting fortnightly, um, so you're getting quite a frequent update from members. But I think as we had covered in a previous podcast, um, our members were really, really well prepared with the groundwork they'd put in on their compliance frameworks to do this shift over. They established really good relationships and credibility within their organisation so that when they had to use ultimate means to communicate with people, they um, it is pretty straightforward and, and people respond to them because they recognise them for the, the sort of valuable relationship that they bring to them. So now we've... Um, yeah, so the feedback from members in the group has been really positive in the sense that all the work they've done today to mature their compliance frameworks has stood them in good stead during during this time. And they've been able to establish alternate ways of maintaining those communication networks with frontline staff, as well as obviously their own teams. Yeah. Um, and I guess our members were really quick to jump on that um, well-being uh, kind of feel and, and checking in and establishing um Depth of relationship with people, so you know, doing yeah. that extensive, extensive way with alternate means. Where they seem to be now evolving to is that obviously um, it's a very quickly changing landscape in terms of government announcements that that flip from fortnight to fortnight, completely different plan. Let's change the plan have a different plan um so our members are participating quite actively in the teams that are planning for the return to what the new normal might be for organizations and figuring out what that is so organizations seem to be taking quite strategic approach and consultative approach with their employees and compliance is at the forefront of working through that because obviously they're integral to making sure that the framework's Um, for complying move with staff, if they move back into the office, if they don't move back into the office, wherever they might be. So that was really interesting to see that they've already transitioned onto this next phase um, Mm -hmm. quite actively then in the background so so we had lots of discussions about how people were surveying what they're observing the feedback is coming back from from people there are staff as we know who really like going into the office that's their preferred yes. mode of working and others who've responded quite positively to working from home um but whether that sticks with the long term uh, is uh, is a whole other thing but the fact that um they're planning for a continual evolution I think is really important to note that the compliance is part of that conversation and um, giving guidance in that space. So that's really good to see. In the background of all that is obviously the business as usual stuff. Regulators don't seem to have stopped um, their normal supervision practices. There there have been extension of deadlines for some reporting. Uh, We've seen that come out of ASIC as well in particular but um members noted that Ostrak and Apra have been keeping their relationships very active and um and contacting um contacting entities to to check in with them and what was of note and I guess it may well have been happening before all this went by, or it may have been an adaptation the regulars made themselves to sort Mm -hmm. of combine resources, but members noting that APRA's contacting them when they make a change in the ASIC portal, Mm. um, which was sort of an interesting... I mean, we know they're meant to work in partnership, but that was quite an active one. It's not ASIC contacting them, it's APRA checking um, about the changes and how it impacts on their obligations to APRA. Um, So uh there's a sense amongst the members that there has either officially or unofficially been a, a sort of divvying up of um uh strategic priorities between uh, the twin regulators yeah. at the very least Austrac are keeping on going chugging along with AusTrack business
0: yeah.
1: um and as we've seen the whole the whole piece with westpac is still progressing along yeah. um as it is so that that was sort of interesting um And, you know, and we've seen that ASIC have picked up again their their RegTech forums uh, again, but to run those online, which um, seems very, very logical, (laughs) in fact. Um, So those those were sort of the big ones, you know, members being able to demonstrate their value. There still is that longer-term concern about um, maintaining relationships and, and as staff changeover comes in, um, where you're not known with new staff members, making sure you are known and being able to build and maintain relationships and that big cultural piece. thats And that's where a lot of the members are looking at is, mm-hmm. can we maintain the positive cultural work we've all put in over the yeah. long term if we're not a physical presence with people in the office? Yeah. Um, that is still, that was still an active part of the discussion.
0: So uh, just to double back on that piece that you spoke about um, people reporting something to AFSIC and and then getting a, a call back from APRA or the other way around. Is there some concern or discomfort there? I mean, we knew that there was a memorandum of understanding. We know that there's a sharing of information, but does that make members feel a little bit uncomfortable or does that No, make relationships no, make no,
1: I don't think it's a discomfort. I think it was more, oh, that's interesting. They're using mm-hmm. the data. Yeah. Um and and a sort of oh farther away because that's that is useful to know. I don't think though conversely, and and nobody had mentioned this, but I don't think it would operate the same way that if you forgot to report something to one or other of them, but had reported in the other portal that you wouldn't still get your knuckles wrapped for that. I think yeah. you were still obliged to let them know, but it was an ASIC relevant matter that APRA thought was might be a little bit relevant and thought would do a check in. So. Um, I think there's still obligation if you have to dual report, still keep doing that. Um, And our members certainly didn't take it to mean that it meant that, that, that um, free way of, of, of reporting, releasing them from the burden of having to dual report was, was happening yet. It, It still feels unofficial and it still feels, um, that they're responding to uh, particular priorities that they might have agreed amongst themselves. But that is all conjecture.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I guess another thing, and I guess it can only be conjecture and a bit of speculation on this part, is how does that, you know, everybody always spoke about the importance of having that relationship with that regulator. Knowing now that if you report one thing one place, it might come back at you from a different place or not reporting one place, it might still come back at you. Um, does that impact the way that um, businesses will engage with the regulators or do you think it's just going to be business as usual with the knowledge that this may happen?
1: Um, yeah, I think I think for our members it will be business mm. as usual. But, again, the, the members participating in this group have got really mature, robust compliance yeah. framework systems and had established relationships. And And, and their commentary was that, that they are getting a lot more... Um, General inquiry phone calls, you know, check-ins from regulators um, during this time, which they probably didn't get in the same manner
0: mm-hmm. as
1: before. Um, so I think overall the view was that this was that they were positive relationships. It wasn't necessarily a negative thing that it was happening. It was just an interesting thing that was happening for those those people out in the market who don't have um, an experienced compliance professional or don't have a mature program, it is going to come as a rude shock to them. They are going to probably feel slightly outraged that they've put something in the asset yeah. portal if they even knew to do that yeah. and they get a call from a completely different regulator. But then, of course, APRA regulated entities, you would hope they have a mature program. So um, I think the, the immature players and and I guess that, that sort of segues to, um, in some senses, it feels like, of the regulators, ASIC has been the least publicly visible during this time yep. or making a lot of noise because obviously a whole lot of consultations went on hold and ongoing conversations around things that were due to come in that ASIC would have taken over have gone on hold. Um, but that's not to say that they're not rediverting their resources to that immature end of the market. Yeah. Um, and and that's and that's what we were also discussing. Maybe the people who have really confident systems aren't hearing a lot from ASIC. They're just getting the, the, the check-ins because ASIC are, are concentrating on the people who were going to be in trouble the moment there was some kind of crisis.
0: Right, right.
1: Um, and and you do have to wonder how how they are faring in this environment.
0: Yeah. Well, on ASIC, um, I know that you virtually attended the RegTech um, um, ASIC liaison meeting. Um, so I guess, are there any key elements out of that do you think our members um, could benefit from or should be aware of?
1: Um, look, it was it was a great event. And I think that if members aren't already plugged into that one, they should definitely uh, visit the Innovation Hub and register themselves for the notifications for for that lot. Yeah. Um, you may be thinking, well, I'm not a RegTech provider, but they had austrac speaking there they had kathy amore talking about general ASIC business so it wasn't just all about technology yeah. um, they did get to that so it's a very interesting forum to sort of tap in and get some some news especially at the moment um so you know what what i was getting out of that is that um a kathy amore was talking about how they have had to do you know a repro prioritisation and a reshuffle of which commission is looking after which thing at the yeah. moment which I thought was of interest because I couldn't find anything on the ASIC website that sort of directed us to that mm-hmm. um, and you know in response to a crisis situation of course um, and she noted that remote compliance monitoring was one of their reg tech areas of interest yes. so this sort of marrying of of asking questions how are you making sure this stuff's happening and and that did come up in the in the um in the group discussion as well is yeah. the questions from ASIC about how are you supervising staff out there if they're all working from home and it's a legitimate question. Um, so that is something that is a point of interest and so if um, if members haven't got that kind of uh, sorted out um, mm. uh, with a ready response for someone like ASIC to pick up the phone and just make a casual um, request of that information then then I would pump that in as a priority right now because yeah. now that we've dealt with first waves and going through all that kind of stuff if this is going to be the business as usual then you may as well have something set up permanently to supervise that kind of stuff um the and uh Liang king was there from austrac and so that was really interesting to get their update because Ostrak seems to be chugging along with business as usual stuff yeah. um there's you know some delays as one would expect, but um, they're, you know, even though the compliance report timeframe's been ex- extended, they're still focusing on on suspicious matters. They've got, you know, there's obviously lots of cyber activity out there that Ostrack yeah. will be very, very interested in. Yeah. So they've they're going to be making active contact with with members. And that's what our members said in the discussion group as well. Um, I was trying to be on top of all this stuff and it's it's a moving feast for criminal activity at the moment (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I thought it was a great great session Um, And yeah, I would highly recommend to members to plug into that. They are moving ahead with some testing on responsible lending um, Software and that those trials are very very interesting to to watch Um, and it's. It um, lets you know the potential of of technology as well, but but it also you get to hear the questions that ASICs asking about those, and those are always a, a an interesting perspective on yeah. their expectations around technology and the uses that organisations would put tech to.
0: Okay. All right. Well, enough of the updates. Now it's all about us um, plugging ourselves <laughs> this time. Um, so. <laughs> Finally, our AML Financial Crimes Congress is on the horizon, um, June 30th. Um, What can members expect um, from, is it going to be face-to-face, we're doing it virtual, what's going to happen? We
1: are doing virtual, we're doing virtual mainly because we had contact from a few members and some of our directors who highlighted the fact that Um, those working in the AML space need to get up their CPD and at the moment there's nothing, you know, there's not a lot officially available um, to clock up their CPD points in this space. We had the program developed, we'd moved it back because we were always attached to a physical event, Um, but we are moving online and all of our speakers are now sort of very enthusiastic about participating that way so we're still going with the breadth of program that we always design so Oztrack are going to be speaking first up and then we're tackling some of the areas that we feel you know we can do that continual improvement piece and what's been really interesting with this event over the years we have tried to to plug in a speaker on all of the essential related topics to um money laundering Uh, so we we've got um gavin coles talking about sanctions we're going to have a panel session about you know conducting high quality risk assessments uh whether they're on product channel customer you know all that kind of stuff what how we can improve that practice and refine it so that we can set better priorities from our angle, but so also we can demonstrate to the regulator that we actually understand the risks as opposed to just dumping everyone in high risk. That's um, one way of doing it, but it just means you can't really sort out the chaff from the the really important issues going on. Um, We are having a a piece on, and, and again, this plugs into the ongoing concern we have about making sure Directors of organisations are up to date with their accountabilities around AML, yeah, um, and how to sort of get that reach, and what what are some sort of key uh, briefing or training pieces that mm-hmm. um, that boards should be asking for or are asking for? So you know yeah. that's of interest. Boards are interested in this topic, so skilling ourselves up to be able to brief the board and give them that that overview is really really valuable exercise. Yeah. Um, and uh, and also sort of we we want to be looking at um, notices from from OzTrack and how to effectively action those. Um, yeah. uh, how you can make them a value add to your organisation as well because quite often you know it's a sign from the regulator that you're under their microscope and that they believe that there are some things you need to be paying attention to so it's it can be a valuable exercise as opposed to just an inconvenience um and uh some other sort of getting into some detail about um, smrs from the perspective of uh that fine line between reporting and tipping off and and what you do with those customers transactions all that kind of stuff that Um, you know how far you need to go with um, denial of service or or, or what you choose to do with those so a few other of those topics um, and we're hoping that people will be able to interact with that day we are still keeping it on a one-day online streaming it will be live we won't be recording any of that material Um, so if you want to participate you need to attend and sort of running it as the one day may need to sort of make it really effective for people who need to get their CPD to set aside the day without distractions, just like we used to do <laughs> before before COVID, before you had to switch between um, 10 different Zoom calls. Just have one day and spend yeah. it with us looking at all this stuff in detail.
0: Right. Um,
1: and that's where we'd really like to take that as well as um, sort of... So we're open to... A, questions we'll be sending out some material in advance uh, to members asking them if they want to lodge some questions in advance that yeah. we can throw out to speakers because it's you know they won't be able to sort of stand up and and um have the same discussions however we we will be using the software that allows you to type in the question and we'll be chairing and trying to run it still as a bit of a conversational um piece yeah. so it'll have a slightly different look and feel to our other years
0: yeah, I, I can think of a few members, um, and I will call names, Calvert, Duffy, <laughs> <laughs> um, who would obviously put their hand up and, you know, and sort of ask the questions that maybe some people are not quite brave enough to, to ask in, in the forum, right.
1: but I guess yeah, with so
0: setup where you can type your questions in, it's a, I guess it'll be okay.
1: Yeah, it's really good because I don't usually read out everybody's name when I do it, so <laughs> So they get a little bit of anonymity. Someone so. said, "Yes, <laughs> one of our audience members wants to know, yeah. and if they don't come up with a silly question, I'm guaranteed to on their behalf." So, you know, you've got you've got the added advantage. We will be trying to make it as interactive as possible, um, and you know, it's got the advantage then of um, being a less expensive event, not only because of the ticket price to attend, but also um, for travel and accommodation for everybody. Yeah. Uh, So we're hoping to get as many members there as possible um, to round out their CPD year as well.
0: Yeah. That everyone will have to sort out their own coffee cart and um, their own. (laughs) They will. We will have coffee breaks. (laughs) We'll have
1: have little coffee breaks, but yes, you will have to cater in advance. We might even send out some suggestions. Um, How to use up all that sourdough?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh well excellent I think that's um just about everything that we covered today. Um obviously we'll keep members updated on if there's anything changes to the event but I doesn't I don't think there will be. I think we were pretty solid.
1: We no, were pretty we're pretty set in stone. It was really great for our speakers to go, "Yep, we can do this um virtually. It sounds good and um and we'll move it forward."
0: Excellent. Well, thank you very much Naomi for your time. Um You're
1: very welcome.
0: I guess in a couple of weeks' time, we shall see what's happening in the world.
1: (laughs) We will. Look, I can't wait to see some members face-to-face. I've had lots of (laughs) chats on the phone. Um, I know that Kelsey has had lots of chats with everybody renewing. We miss you all. We miss you all popping in and and seeing you at courses. So um, as wonderful as virtual and technology has been, it will be nice to see some members again at events soon.
0: Excellent. Thanks Naomi. This podcast was a production of the Governance Risk and Compliance Institute and the music was produced by Rob Neary.